My name is Ellie and welcome to my podcast in the highs and the lows. This podcast is a really cool opportunity for me to get to go on and talk with my friends about what God is doing in our lives because I truly believe that even though we are young, we have the impact to go and help as many people as we can and that's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, I'm so glad you're listening and I'm really excited for you to tune into this new episode. So go ahead and start listening right about now another episode of in the highs and lows it's been a hot minute how y'all doing um sorry that i haven't been super regular with these my life has been crazy recently um if you didn't know already um i'm not a high school student anymore i'm officially a college student meaning you're officially listening to a college level podcast now congratulations on top of that i'm now in um i'm my blah, 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 my major is christian studies meaning i get to learn about the bible all the time um but not yet, because I'm still doing all my, like, preliminaries, which is kind of lame, but that's just life, I guess. Um, okay, so today we're talking about David, and, um, we are starting a new series. It's called Despite, and I was just kind of brainstorming ideas on how I wanted to start a podcast again, and I wanted, like, kind of a concurrent theme through a bunch of episodes, mainly so that I had motivation to make several episodes and I came up with the scene despite and it's about how like despite a b or c of who you are God is going to use you and like there really is no excuse for God to use you like it's just that it's going to be an excuse and it's going to be an earthly one it's not going to be a biblical excuse like no matter what's going to happen God is going to use you and I think a lot of the times we're like oh no but what about this what about that and it's like in the nicest way get over yourself because like God is going to use you and there's nothing you can do to put yourself in the way of that. Um, that's what we're going to be talking about throughout this series. And I'm very excited about that. Um, what we're going to be doing with that is we're talking about a bunch of different Bible characters and about how despite blank, God used them. So today we're talking about David and we have three different things because David's a pretty big character in the Bible. I would say like besides Jesus, he is the number one character you've heard of. If you haven't read the Bible or if you're not a Christian, David's your number one besides Jesus. Um, so three things that we have. Number one is despite, despite people's opinion of him. That's where we're going to talk about his anointing with Samuel in the classic, um, what's the word, uh, David versus Goliath battle. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, if you haven't, you live under a rock or something. I don't know, man. Um, number two, despite his circumstances, despite what's going on in David's life, God is going to be using him, and there's nothing that's going to stop that. And then the third one is despite his sin, uh, despite what he did, God still used him, um, which is really cool, and then just like full circle. Um, okay, let's open with despite people's opinion of him. Okay, so let me grab my Bible. Oh, dang it. I'm still open to the later verses. Oh, I've slept right there. That was awesome. Okay. We are in 1 Samuel 16, specifically verse 11. Um, we're going to hop around 1 and 2 Samuel quite a bit. So the scripture is really, really good. I got, I don't have limited time, but I am recording this at 2.30 in the morning and I have a 9 a.m. tomorrow. So I will not be like reading everything in the scriptures word for word. 
but I would recommend that you do because my voice really doesn't matter on this. The Bible does. So if you're like, fuck, I only have time to either listen to Ellie's podcast or read my Bible right now. What am I going to do? The answer is read your Bible. It's always read your Bible and then get back and listen to my podcast anyways, because obviously you want to hear my voice, but like listen to what God's going to tell you first, because that's far more important than what I could ever say. So just want to preface that we're going to be hopping around a bit. It's we go to five different spots, but it's only like five different verses. Like it's not a ton. Um, so read this on your own. Um, if you need help coming up with what to read, feel free to reach out to me on the Instagram. There's very little amount of followers, so I will answer you. Um, okay. So we're in first Samuel 16, 11, and it said, and it says, then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send it and get him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So for some context, if you don't know, um, hopefully y'all can still, yeah, you can still hear me. Sorry. I just turned the volume down because the guitar that plays in the background right now is playing through my iPad and it's distracting me. So I turned that down. Um, but what's happening in this is David is being anointed. So basically Saul has kind of not been the best king and God's like, okay, Samuel, it's time. We need, we need to give up on Saul, not give up on Saul, but like you need to move on. Okay. We're not going to stay with him much longer. Like he's not it anymore. So the Lord tells Samuel to go to this, uh, to Jesse's house. Um, and he is to anoint one of Jesse's either 12 or 13 children. I can't remember. It's right in front of me. I should know. Um, does not say maybe it's eight. Okay. I'm skimming it and I don't see, but it's a lot of sons. Jesse is not lacking in his son's department. So Samuel goes and he's ready to anoint someone to become the new king to take Saul's spot. And he looks at the first one and Samuel's like, oh yeah, this dude is fit. He's muscular. He's good looking. He's probably gets all the girls. This is the guy that God's going to choose. And God's like, oh no, 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 no. That's not it. Move on. So Samuel goes to the second one. He's like, oh, okay, okay. I didn't, I get it. You didn't want the first one. You know, nobody likes oldest children. I'm an oldest child. Nobody likes oldest children. They're really bossy and they inject their own opinions and everything. Like you don't want the oldest child. I get it. You want number two. Okay. You'll take number two. And then God is like, no, 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 I, I don't want that one either. And Samuel's like, okay, okay. Um, okay. We'll go on to number three. I mean, he's not as handsome. He doesn't get as many girls as the other two, but like, he still looks strong. He could probably still make a good king. And God's like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want this one either. Like, stop, stop trying to make my decision for me. And basically this goes through however many brothers David has. And then eventually we get to verse 11 where Samuel's like, goes to the last one. And he's like, okay, God, this is the last son. Do not tell me he is it because why in the world would you send me here? Because this is the last son. And God's like, I don't know what to tell you, man, because that, that's not him that's not the guy I'm choosing. And so Samuel's like, God, what? Why can't you just tell me? So Samuel goes, he's like, Jesse, do you not have like another son? Like, it'd be really helpful if you had another son. And Samuel's like, not Samuel, sorry. Jesse's like, no way, dude. I literally have another son, but you don't want him. He's young. He's small. He's out in the field. He's out doing his chores. The rest of these guys are men. They don't do chores anymore. But my last son, he does chores. He's lame. You you don't want him. 
And Samuel's like, well, dude, I went through the other ones and like that didn't work out. So I'm like, can you go get him for me? So Jesse's like, yeah, fine, sure, whatever. So he goes and gets David, probably thinking nothing of it. I'm probably thinking, I've, if I was in Jesse's shoes right now, I would be walking and I'd be like, oh, dang it, man, for some reason, one of my children messed up. Like, I don't know why we even need to get David because I know it's not David. Like, I know he's not going to choose my family anymore. My family is not important and just, dang it. Like, I thought I had finally earned it. I thought God was like blessing my family and no. Like, that's what I would be thinking if I was Jesse, just like, because that's the opinion that was placed on David being the youngest, not only like being the youngest of like however many, but also being the youngest, like being the smallest. Like if you're going to ask somebody in my family to do something, there's me at 18, my sister at 15, and then my brother at 10. You're going to assume me and my sister are going to do it because my brother's only 10. Not because he's the youngest, but also because he's the youngest, like he's younger than us. Um, and it's the same thing here. It's like, why in the world did you pick David? So David is like, fine, like dad will come. We don't actually see that. I'm just assuming he's like, dude, I had sheep. I had chores to do. Like I only, I got till noon to get this done. And then I want to go hang out with friends. And you're like literally stopping that right now. So he goes and he follows Jesse and they get there. And Samuel is like, okay, God, this has got to be him because it's like, I've been here for no reason if not. And God's like, no, 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 don't worry. This is him. And in fact, the author even says he'd, he was ready and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. So the Lord said, rise and anoint him. So that's where we see. So my point, I told that story very much like my generation would tell that story. Um, so if you want to hear it word for word and not Ellie explained, which you do, um, read your Bible. But we see that he um, wasn't even present for the anointing. Jesse knew Samuel was coming and was like, no, 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 it's not David. Um, we also see, so um, this word, I'm going to butcher how to say this. It's Catan, not like the board game, that's Catan, but it's Q-A-T-A-N. Um, and it's a Hebrew word and it refers to him as young, but it doesn't just mean young. So we see that in verse 11 where he remains yet the youngest. It doesn't just mean young, but it means small and insignificant. He doesn't matter because he's got these older brothers that are not just like older, but they're older. Like they've lived life. They can go out and they can fight Goliath. So we skip a little bit ahead and we see, and David has to bring food to the, um, to his brothers on the battlefield. And we see this battlefield is David and Goliath, like the battlefield that you've probably heard of as a small child. Um, that battlefield is the battlefield I'm talking about against the Philistines. Um, and they're like, oh my gosh, Goliath, ah! And David is like, dude, I literally just came here to bring, like, Subway sandwiches to my brothers, like, calm down. Like, do you guys not have, he literally shows up. I just, this is amazing to me. He shows up and he's just like, no, like, seriously, why are you even afraid? Because, like, if you know God, like, there's literally no reason for you to be afraid. Like, calm down. God's got you, man, and you're freaking out right now. Like, who do you think you are to freak out? And everyone's turning to David, and they're like, who do you think you are to, like, calm down like this? Like, you're this small. He's like 14, by the way. David, he's like 14. We're talking like eighth grader, freshman in high school. Okay? I just want to put that out there. Um, and they're just like, David, you don't even know what you're talking about, man. Like, you don't even have a high school diploma. Like, what are you saying? And David's like, no, 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 no. 
trust me, if you put your trust in God, that's all you got to do and you'll be fine. Like, calm down, man. I know it's a giant, but like God's bigger. Like you're looking at a seven foot, nine foot tall man, probably. <laughs> and David's like, God's like bigger than the mountains. And you're scared of a nine foot tall man? Seriously? Um, so then as we know the story, David gets his little pebbles and he throws them at Goliath or she slingshots them at Goliath and then he kills Goliath. Um, kind of bloody gory. So if you want to read that, go ahead. Um, I will not be reading that on here, mainly because I did not prepare that scripture. Um, but that's the first one. It's despite people's opinion of him, despite how he's small and insignificant and young, he doesn't let these things hinder God's usage of him. That was a weird sentence, but God uses this kid, this random kid from a random small town shepherd field in Bethlehem, which by the way, we all like know like, oh my gosh, Bethlehem, that's where Jesus was born. Bethlehem was not cool back then. Like it literally was not cool. I think we fall under this idea that like, oh my gosh, it's Bethlehem. It's not. It's like, I don't, I can't think of an example, but um, it was not cool. It's like if you're, you were like, oh yeah, no, I'm going on vacation this summer. Where are you going? Ohio. It's just like, it's not that interesting. What, what you got going on there? That's Bethlehem. So it's like when David's like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm a small town shepherd from Bethlehem. Everyone's like, okay, like, congratulations, I guess. I know, I, do you want a cookie? Like, what's going on here? Um, and despite this opinion of him that I'm clearly feeding way too much, God uses him and David is allowing himself to be used, which I want to pause on this because I think this is really important, especially if you are young. Or even if you think of yourself as young, um, I think we fall under this lie that I can't be used because I'm young or I can't be used because I've, uh, whatever. I mean, that's what this whole series is about. The youngest one I was going after, but, um, I can't be used because I'm young. Like God can't use me in any circumstance. That's completely incorrect. In fact, there is a lot of Bible characters that are very young. Let's talk 14 year olds because for some reason, 14 year olds got like a big deal in the Bible. Um, so we got David and then, you know, who else we have Esther, you know what Esther did? Esther literally went up and stood in front of a King and she was like, yeah, so stop genociding my people. Like that's literally what she did. And she was like going to be killed for it. But God was like, no, 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 no. She's mine. You're not going to kill her anymore. It, you have to read it to understand. That was a weird paraphrasing of it, but it's really cool. Okay. And then, you know who else was like 14? Mary. Literally Mary. She's pregnant with a child. And that child is Jesus, born of the Holy Spirit. She gets visited by an angel. And then when she's like 15 and 16, she has to go live in Egypt to hide from Herod, who's trying to kill her kid. Saying that like God doesn't use young people is just like completely incorrect because there quite literally would not have been a savior brought into this world if there was not 14 year old Mary. I, j I just got to say it like, so, which I'm pretty sure I'll cover all those stories in the series. I just, it's a stupid argument. You can make an argument that you can't be used by God. It's not going to be a good one, but you can make some that are slightly better than others. Um, and saying that you're young as an excuse is a stupid argument. And if you're thinking right now, Oh my gosh, no, Ellie, you don't get it though. Like I'm not 14. I'm only 13, Ellie. Like this is not going to work for me. 
um, that's a stupid argument and I want you to start rethinking a new argument and get back to me when you come up with something more creative. Uh, okay. Number two, despite his circumstance. Okay, so this is going to be a decent amount of paraphrasing. I do have some um, scripture, but like I said, this is a lot of jumping around and a lot of what happens throughout this David's life. You just got to straight up read the book. Um, and I'm, I don't have time to record that. Um, and also, I feel like there would be some copyright issues if I just straight up read the Bible and then posted it on Spotify. I don't, I don't think that's okay. So um, I would read it yourself. I think that's really important. Um, but we are going to go to 1 Samuel 20, 18, which says, Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow in the new moon you will be missed because your seat will be empty. And you're probably thinking, Ellie, I have no context for that verse. Why'd you read it without saying the context? And the answer is because I forgot to say the context. Um, so basically, after David is like successful um, in killing Goliath, um, within the next year or so, um, a whole bunch of events come out. Actually, I don't know how long this is, but I think it's about a year. Um, where basically David is just like, he's put in charge of the liar in um, Saul's household. So not like a liar, like lying, a liar, like the musical instrument. Um, so he's playing musical instrument and he's like talented. Like we are talking very, very talented. And right now I can't think of a single person, a single person who does music to compare him to. Um, because every person I'm thinking of is secular and just not a good example. And I don't want to do that. Um, so think of your own person. You can think of an example. But he is a stunning liar player. Um, once again, the instrument, not a liar. Um, but he is really good at it and they're all enjoying it. And then he just gets praises upon praises on praises from Israel. Israel's like, oh my gosh, you saved us from Goliath. You're just this incredible musician. You're doing this at only 14. Like God's using you. This is crazy. And then Saul's just like, dude, 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 are you trying to steal my kingdom? Are you, are you trying to become king? Are you trying to take my kingdom from me? Which I want to say, David was anointed as king, but was waiting to become king after Saul died or after Saul gave up the throne. David was not trying to kill Saul. David was not trying to oust Saul out of office. That's not the right term, but I don't care. Um, like, that's not at all what's happening. See, it doesn't make sense to say that or for Saul to be thinking that. There is no threat to his position currently, yet he's still freaking out about it. Um... So Saul's like, oh my gosh, how could you do this? Like, I thought you were going to be like my friend. I thought we were going to be besties. Um, and now all of a sudden, like, you're trying to betray me. You're trying to take my throne. And David's like, what in the world are you talking about? Remember, you're talking to a 14-year-old boy. Like, I'm here to make money while I play the liar. Like, I don't, I don't what's going on here? So then we see from about that point in 1 Samuel until at the end of 1 Samuel, when Saul dies, it's just Saul chasing David, trying to kill David, David escaping, David doing cooler things, Saul getting more jealous, and then Saul chasing David, David escaping, and so on. Um, in fact, throughout this time period, we see David escape not once, but uh, not escape. We see David pardon Saul's life, not once, but twice. One sec, water break. Okay, sorry. I've been sick all week. That's why this episode is also coming out late. It's because I've been sick. Not because I'm lazy, because I've been sick. Okay. Um, but we see 
David, like, heart and Saul's life, like, not kill Saul, even though he totally could, two separate times because he's a follower of the Lord. And I'm just like, wow, man, wish that could be me. Because I swear, if somebody was ruining my teenage years, not that I'm, like, doing anything bad during my teenage years, but, like, also socializing, man, um, ruining these years and chasing me around trying to kill me constantly, I don't know if I'd be able to extend that same grace. Um, and David's like, no, no, no. God told me to extend this grace, and I will extend this grace towards you because I'm following God. And ain't nothing can get in my way when I follow God, and it's just really chill and awesome. Um, so what we see in this specific example that I'm going to show you is that um, David is being uh, chased around by Saul. They're, like, playing tag. It's not good. And then Nathan, this is going to be interesting. If you don't know who Nathan is, I highly recommend that you read these books. They're fascinating. Nathan is actually Saul's son. Like, talk about awkward because Nathan was David's best friend. Like, they are besties for life, absolutely best friends. And Nathan is Saul's son. So, like, Nathan is the one supposed to get the throne. I want to put this into context. Nathan knows who David is. Nathan knows that David is going to replace Saul as king. Nathan is the heir to the throne. Nathan should be king next. But he knows he's losing it to David, but isn't mad about it. He does what Saul should have done. And instead, it's like best friends with David. And he's so excited about that. And he's so excited for David. So David... Wait, did I say Nathan? Oh my gosh, I've been saying Nathan this whole time. It's Jonathan. I wrote Nathan down in my notes. His name is Jonathan, not Nathan. It says Nathan because Jonathan is just Nathan with a J and an O. I wrote Nathan down in my notes. I fully meant Jonathan. I am so sorry. It's too late um, at night. Not until I fix it. Um, yes, so Jonathan, David's bestie, is trying to warn him of Saul's evil actions. And when I said Nathan in the past, I meant Jonathan. I'm very sorry. I messed up the name when I was writing it down. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so that's what we see there. And then I have another verse for you. Um, it said, then Jonathan said to him, tomorrow is the new moon and you will be missed because your seat will be empty, which is David. Jonathan is saying this to David. And he's like, David, you do not want to be here for dinner tomorrow because Saul will try and kill you. And then we see um, in this chapter 20, verse 30, then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. And he said to him, you son of a per perverse, rebellious woman. Do I not know that you've chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? And I'm just like, Saul, calm down. That's your son. Like you could be, a, it wouldn't kill you to be a little nicer. Although it kind of seems like it would. Um, so he like freaks out and we're all like, Saul, calm down, buddy. Like, it's going to be okay. You don't need to lash out at your son like that. Um, so basically, Nathan warns David and then takes uh, the blame of David. So David is running around and he gets farther away and escapes and he doesn't get caught by Saul, thank goodness. Um, and it's just them going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then, like I said, David spares Saul's life twice. So... This category is despite his circum your circumstances or his circumstances, whatever. Um, so I'm assuming not a lot of you are anointed to become the next king of a nation and then being chased around that nation by that nation's current king. I don't know. Maybe someone's going through that right now. But um, I'm assuming not a lot of you are going through that. 
um, an interesting fact. Um, David was able to honor God and be used for God's plans while in this situation, which is really cool. So um, if you're in a situation not as crazy as that, which I'm assuming would qualify to pretty much anyone besides being in that that situation exactly, um, God's still going to use you and saying like, God's not going to use me because like my situation is crazy. Ellie, I just started high school or middle school or college or a, a new job. I don't know. I don't know what else you start that often. Um, that's a kind of bad excuse. Like the excuse like, Ellie, I just got put in this new circumstance and it's scary. And I just like, God can't use me in this circumstance. Or this idea that like God didn't put me in this circumstance. Honey, any circumstance you've ever been in, God put you in. God put you there for his glory. And I think a lot of the times we think like, oh my gosh, this situation is so bad. Like, how could this ever be for his glory? This situation wouldn't happen if it wasn't for his glory. Um, and we see that exactly in this situation. Like David goes and he wins battles and he wins the heart of Israel. Like God uses this time when he's running from Saul to have the entire like um, people of Israel just learn to be in awe of who David is because they're like, oh my gosh, David, he's so cool. Um, and God uses him and then puts him on the throne because of this time. This time is a setup. It's like his political campaigns become king, man. It's important, not that he needs one. But um, so saying like, God can't use me in this circumstance. God used David when he was literally on the run from being killed. So I don't know what your circumstance is, but I'm going to guess that that's a bad excuse. And that God can use you during that circumstance. Okay. We are going to move on to area three. I almost said chapter three. We're like way past chapter three. Okay. Despite his sin. So you might have heard this story. If you grew up in the church, you've probably heard the story. Or if you've read through the, the Samuels, you've probably heard the story. If not, you might not know it. Because um, it's common-ish. It's common with churchy people. I don't think it's really common outside of that, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay, so if the name Bathsheba um, rings a bell, you'll, you're about to see why, and you're, you're probably not going to like it because you're like, oh my gosh, we've been learning about David. David is just so cool. This is a man after God's own heart. Like, I can't wait to be like him one day. Like, I, I'm so excited that I get to spend the rest of my life like pursuing Jesus that I can be just like that one day. Um, don't worry, we're about to hit the major character flaw. We are about to hit the great Gatsby moment of David. I do not like that book. Not important. Um, okay, so David is up on his roof, just chilling, you know, being king, living his best lifestyle, sending soldiers out. I mean, sending soldiers out to go fight in battles and stuff. And he looks out and what does he see? A naked woman in a bathtub. He's like, oh my gosh, I've literally never seen anything more attractive than that right now. Like, there's nothing more attractive than a naked woman in a bathtub. Um, here, actually, I'm just going to read it and then I'll explain it. So it says, it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from from the roof a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. One second, Samuel 11, by the way. And David sent and inquired about this woman. And one of them said, is that not Bathsheba? the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent the messengers and took her, and he and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her home. 
and the woman conceived, and she sent and told David, I'm pregnant. Okay, that's where we're going to stop. That was verses 2 through 5. Um, dude, talk about drama. Like, we are talking about, like, TV show drama right here. David's looking out, doing his kingly things, supposedly following what God has told him to do. And then out comes a naked woman in a bathtub. <laughs> David's like, that's a naked woman in a bathtub. And he calls her servants and he's like, do you see that naked woman in a bathtub? I want to make her a naked woman in my bathtub. I'm sorry, that was a bad joke. But they go and they visit David's bathtub is the best way to put it. And then a couple, I don't know how long the time period is between David's bathtub and when she's like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. But it, there's time period. And then she's like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And he's like, oh crap, because you're supposed to be married. And I sent your husband off to war, which is context we didn't read. But if you actually read the book, it is context in the book. Um, and he's like, oh crap, I slept with a married woman and I got her pregnant. And also I'm the king and I, he's a soldier and like pretty good at his job. And I sent him out to war. So there's no way this could be his baby. And he's going to realize that because math isn't that hard because you only have to be able to count to like 12 to count months. And he's like, oh, no, this is not looking good for me right now. Um, I don't know why I'm singing it. Sorry. <laughs> so he's like, oh, dang it, dang it, dang it. So here's what I'm going to do. So he called together his advisors. And he's like, okay, we are going to take his wife, his or her husband. Sorry. We're going to take her husband. And we're going to send him out to the more dangerous parts of the battlefield. So that he gets killed so that he won't know that I got his wife pregnant. You know, how bad could it be? Because, like, I pulled it. Uh, I'm going to pull it off. So David goes, he's like, Uriah, that's his name. Um, he's like, dude, I have the best, best place for you. Down on that very edge of the battlefield that's super, super close to people where all the people keep dying. You know you know the place? You know the place? I'm going to send you there, and then you're going to, like, become a war hero, and it's going to be awesome, and you're going to come home to a not-pregnant wife, and you're just going to be so happy. And Uriah's like, oh, my gosh. David, you're so right. I will. I will go be a war hero. I'll have a not pregnant wife. But when I get back, we're going to change that real fast. Like, it's going to be awesome. And David's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So David sends him out. And big shocker here, David's plan works. And this guy literally dies. He literally, like, it's secondhand murder. I don't know if that's correct. But it is some type of murder. Like, I feel like you could be prosecuted for that in the United States, although I'm not actually sure. Um, like, he straight up kills this woman's husband, purely because he was like, you looked good in a bathtub one time. It's a hot mess. Um, and then, so David's like, crap, what did I do? And then, is it Jonathan? I Okay, I closed my Bible. One second. He, that actually might be Nathan that talks to him, because there is an actual Nathan here. Yes, this is when Nathan actually comes into play because there is a Jonathan and there is a Nathan and this one is Nathan. And I meant to mention Jonathan earlier and this one is actually Nathan. Um, and Nathan is besties with David and I'm partially mixed up Jonathan and Nathan, but we're just going to move on with that. Read the Bible. Um, so Nathan is like, David, dude, you just got somebody else's wife pregnant and then killed her husband. That's messed up. God's not going to like that. And it's like, oh, crap, what did I do? I just got some, oh, someone's wife pregnant and then killed her husband. Crap. 
So God is like, dude, that was not cool. So he has to pay the punishment for that. So that's kind of the end of the story. But you're probably wondering, like, oh, she has a baby. Like, do we know who that is? Does he become an important figure? Yes. The baby he has is flipping Solomon. Like, the one that she has is the one that then becomes the heir to the throne. Which is just crazy to me because we... Okay, so we all sinned. Personally, I haven't gotten anybody pregnant and then murdered their husband. But um, I have done some bad things. And I think a lot of the times I'll assume that based on these bad things I've done, that God isn't going to use me anymore. Like, almost like my usage was based on me not sinning. When it's like, God already factored in that you were going to sin. God knew that David was going to sin when God anointed David. 14-year-old David didn't know he was going to do this. But God, when David was 14, knew this was going to happen. So I think we often say like, oh, no, 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 I couldn't be used by God like to this huge extent because I'm not like I'm not perfect. Like my sin is too much. Like I've just messed up too much. Like I had sex before I was married and God like that's just such a big thing in the Bible that God could never use me. Or like I had a porn addiction when I was younger and that's just too big of a deal and God couldn't use me. Or like I just I I tell terrible things about people like I just I love to gossip and God could never use me because like God doesn't use gossips. Or all these things, like, God doesn't use me because, like, I used to drink alcohol all the time and I was, like, addicted to alcohol. God couldn't use me because that's what I used to be. And I think that that's just a lie we tell ourselves because we're scared to be used by God. Um, God quite literally used this murderer. And this pregnancy, this unlawful, unclean pregnancy, um, quite literally was related to Jesus at the end of the day. And he does, by the way, he does marry her. I'm now reading over my notes and see he did marry her. Um, but God gets mad, obviously. I mean, I would be too. Um, and I, But like I said, I think that we like lie to ourselves and we're like, no, no, no. You don't understand what I've done. Like, you don't understand. God might save me, but he's not going to use me. Or sometimes we say God's not even going to save me. And I'm just like, David was a literal murderer. And yet he is like the king of David. Like, he is the one that set a precedent for the rest of the Israelites. Or, like, mm, who's, like, the classic Israelite that you think of when you think of them? Um, David. He was, like, so cool. He was, like, a shepherd. And then he, like, killed Goliath at, like, 14. And he did all these cool things. And he was just, like, this awesome. He had a heart after God's. He wrote after God, not God's. Uh, he wrote Psalms. And David is just, like, so cool. How could you not, like, love it? Like, if I'm thinking of the Israelite, I'm thinking of David. David is also, like the murderer of a guy and like the adulterer of the year that year because he saw a woman in a bathtub like let's cooler rockets is that a phrase we're gonna say it's a phrase let's cooler jets that's what it is let's cooler jets calm down because we're saying that david is like the israelite that we think of when we think of old testament characters and like israelites and then we're like god can't use me you don't understand because you haven't gone through what i gone through and you don't understand that God's just simply not going to use me. Like I was not meant to be used by God. And God's like, dude, what, you, what are you waiting for, man? Like I'm, I'm going to use you. Like I'm going to consistently use you. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Um, there's no sin you could do to stop me. So full circle moment. Um, sorry that I've been talking for so long. It's been 35 minutes. It's now 3 in the morning instead of 2.30. Um, 
sorry. God saw all of this. God knew all of this before it happened. Yet none of it stopped God from using David. So I want to say, God knows you might be young. God knows you might feel small or insignificant. God knows whatever circumstance you're in. God knows you grew up in a divorce parent's household or you just lost a parent or something other than parent is going on. I, those are just what came to my head for some reason. God knows the worst things that you have ever done and could possibly do. But God is still going to choose to use you in some way. I think a really concurrent theme that we see throughout all of David is that throughout all three of these things, God, David is faithful in God. In the first one, we see that he is faithful. Um, when shooting down Goliath, he's like, you you got to have faith in God. The rest of it really doesn't matter. Um, in the circumstances, we see that um, throughout these times, a lot of the um, Psalms written by David are written in this time of him running from Saul. Um, and we see these Psalms like he is still spending time with God because no matter what his circumstances, God is still number one. The circumstance doesn't change the order of who's number one. The circumstance just changes because it does. Um, and then even in his sin, we see him do two horrible, like big Bible no-nos, big, big, big Bible no-nos. Um, and he, we see him within the next two chapters, repent. I think it's within the next two chapters. Fact check me on that. Read the Bible and then tell me. Um, we see him, if it's not within the next two chapters, I know what happens in that book before he dies. Um, that we see that David does repent of that. And David does regret his decision. And David does learn his lesson. So saying that God does not see all of that and is not going to use that is incorrect. And then saying, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, God takes these three sections of David's life and you see the concurrent line is that David was with God. God is not going to turn around and walk away from you. It's going to be you turning around and walking away from God every time. So are you going to choose to turn away and walk from walk away from God? Because I think that's a dumb decision. Um, I think that we're looking like when people have bad opinions of him and like little opinions of him, we see him turn to God. And because of that, he has confidence and he wins. But if he had turned around and he had said, oh, dang it, I just signed up to fight Goliath and I have no confidence in myself and I decided that I'm not going to turn to God. God didn't tell me any. I can't fight Goliath. I'm just going to die. We would see him die, okay? We would see him die because he didn't turn to God. In the second one, despite his circumstances, here's the thing. I've, I haven't quite literally had to run from somebody um, trying to kill me, but I've ran from experiences in my own life. I've ran from hard things. Not quite literally, but like, mentally i've ran from hard things um and depression and anxiety like the places that you run when you're running from hard things those places are depression and those places are anxiety and if you are not running directly towards god you are getting anxiety and you are getting depression that's what happens when you are running mental circles or physical circles away from somebody trying to kill you um the only place you will ever be going is depression and anxiety if it's not God. We see him turn up God there and we need to see ourselves do that too. And then in the last one, despite his sin, um, here's the thing. 
If he didn't repent, that would keep happening. It probably wouldn't be another literal woman in a bathtub, but um, maybe it's a woman in a revealing cloak. I don't, I don't know, it's Bible times. But like, he's going to see other women on that rooftop. That ain't going to be the last time on that rooftop. And there's going to be other women who have husbands in the military that David can go out and kill. That repentance changed David's actions for the future. The concurrent theme between all these things of David is that David spends time searching and yearning for God. So my question is for you. Are you spending time searching and yearning for God? Because if not, don't expect to be willing to be called by God otherwise. God is going to use you whether or not you want to be used. We're going to see that next week when we talk about Jonah with McGuire. Um, God is going to use you despite whether or not you're going to be whether or not you want to be used. But the thing is, we see in these three stories that God is using David and David is allowing himself to be used, or at least the first two, um, because God is continually being shown through David, because David is continually choosing God. Um, I know I rambled a little bit. I know I ranted a little bit about that. I'm sorry. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. I really hope you tune in for next week because, um, that one will be more planned out and it will not, excuse me, not be recorded at three in the morning, um, which is always a big deal and a big win. Um, so I highly recommend you go check out next week's. I think it's going to be really, really fun. Um, yeah. And then hopefully I'm going to have a bunch more guests. Uh, like I said, I'm a Christian studies major in college now, which also means there's a bunch of Christian studies majors who desperately want um, some ministry experience and some talking experience. And I desperately want people on my podcast. So hopefully I'll have some cool new people on there for you. Currently, I have two people um, loaded up on the radar um, and we're going to be talking about Jonah soon. And then we're going to be talking about, um, I think, Rahab soon. Um, and I'm really excited. So, and this series gonna, is going to go on for a little bit because I think it's really good. And then eventually I want to have a testimony series where I have people come on and they share, share their testimonies. Um, because I think it's really important for people listening to get an understanding that like more of just like how God uses people. And also just like hearing somebody's testimony is such a beautiful thing because you see God work in a way you never imagined in that person. I think it's really beautiful and it's something that we need to share more. Um, so hopefully I'll be getting some people soon to do that. Um, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, if you did, you should go follow my Instagram at in the highs dot in the lows. Um, it's really fun. I was going to say it's really fresh. It's really not that fresh. Um, but it's really fun. You should go follow it. If you want updates on when there's new episodes coming out, sometimes I'll post that if I remember um, if you want updates when an episode has come out, that I always do post. That always does get posted. If you want the very occasional video of me doing something weird and talking about Jesus, you can get that. All on the Instagram. Highly recommend you check it out. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day. Um, and I hope the Lord uses you soon. Alrighty. Bye-bye.